Jesus in Food podcast is going. You hit the play button, and we're happy to be with you. Now, the one thing that's nice about the Jesus in Food podcast is that basically you're not going to hear any politics on here. Yeah, it is really nice. Uh, We like to focus on two topics, one being Jesus, the second topic being food. Now, I want to know, Lindsay, would you consider, you know, this uh, thing that has emerged within the last several years, this concept of fake news, um, do you think that fake news can exist outside of the sphere of politics? Yeah, sure. Okay. I do think it's a, a very important thing that we keep our, I don't know, mind on, because let's just say, let's just say hypothetically, I was scrolling through the New York Times cooking uh, section. And, you know, regardless of what you think about the New York Times, if it's the greatest journalism there is, or it's entirely fake news or somewhere in between, um, let's just say you're not a fan of the New York Times. Let's just say, oh, they'll print anything just to get ratings and, you know, they'll make it sensational and they, they make up stories and this and that. Do you think if they were, or any newspaper, if they were printing things that were political or in the news and they can't be trusted, can you trust their cooking section? Um, see, I still think you can because there's different writers for different sections. So if you have like a fake news writer in politics, it doesn't mean you're going to have a fake news writer in the food section. And food people, I mean, they're usually pretty legit. Did you read something in there that you're having no trouble with? I feel like well, you're setting yeah. this up. I uh, Well, I just want us to be aware of this. I read this and I got to thinking, hmm. I like this idea. In fact, you know, truth be told, I I like to read the New York Times. That's something that that's one of my primary sources of of information, for better Uh or worse. But I'm on the New York Times cooking section, and I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, oh, this speaks into my life. This is a beautiful thing. Uh, It's about meatballs. Oh, nice. Nice. We did another entire podcast on um, how to eat at Italian restaurants with uh, low carb, and the answer was meatballs and marinara sauce. (laughs) Um, which is just a beautiful thing. But then I got to reading this, and I got to thinking, I wonder if Lindsay would see this as fake news. And so I'm just going to go ahead and kind of read what it says, and then give me your initial opinion here. It's called Meatballs with Any Meat by Melissa Clark. And she claims that making meatballs is all about memorizing a basic, pardon me, a basic ratio that you can adjust to suit your taste. So she's basically contending that you can use any meat possible, including fish, if you want to take things in that direction to make meatballs. Mm, man, okay. So I was really into your vibe and her vibe until you said, because I'm thinking, yeah, pork or beef or turkey. I mean, those are all good for meatballs. But then when you said fish, I got a little odd because I just kind of saw the fish being made into a ball and I didn't really like what I saw in my head. However, I have had a salmon. Uh, I guess you would call it a meatball. It's a salmon, you know, salmon fish, salmon is fish, meatball. And it was really good. So I guess maybe it just depends on the fish. And I think I might, I, I might be into it. Do you feel like salmon is in a class of fish all on its own? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so it's so good and it's so versatile and I feel like it you could have a salmon meatball and not be weird about it. Um if you had like I don't know what other fish would you put into a meatball? I'm just not sure. 
I'm not sure either. But, I mean, she didn't really camp on that idea. She just said, you know, you got to get your uh, breadcrumbs yep. for lightness, a teaspoon of salt, and an egg to bind it all together. And that's yeah. really all you need. And then if you want, you can add things like pepper and spices and herbs and garlic and onion and scallions Yum. and all these other kinds of things. And then, so what we're going to do is we're going to link this in our podcast notes description. And if you want to make meatballs out of generally anything, um, you'll know how to do it. Okay, before we go, have you been to Mimi Blue Meatballs in Indianapolis? No. Also, oh, so they give you um, a menu and they give you a marker. And then they have like, I don't know, probably 15, 20 meatballs that you can choose. It's a meatball restaurant is what it is. And so you pick all your meatballs and then you pick all your sauces. So it's like a do-it-yourself, you know, come up with what you want. It's so good. Now, that sounds incredible. I remember my excitement uh, going to the Italian kitchen called La Gondola Italian yeah. Restaurant or whatever. You got a bucket. And, and yeah, again, we did a whole podcast on that. Um, <laughs> but but I remember how excited I was, like, eating the meatballs, trying to do the low-carb, just meatballs and marinara. And then so they were so good, I asked for, like, a bucket to go. Um, but the idea of an entire restaurant based on a meatball would seem like a godsend. Yeah, you got to check it out little hard to focus right now like okay what i'm gonna get up in the morning and then what do i do if you go to work you got a plan if you're staying home you're like all right what are the things that i need to do don't want to kind of be mindlessly like netflixing all day and eating snacks so i saw somebody post um for focus just try to do three things so in the morning write down three things that you want to get done called Today's Three Things, and then you can stay focused all day. Well, that's a pretty good idea. We actually heard from Troy, who's listening, said the three things, at least for his morning, are a devotional, um, some some journaling, so he's going to read something in the Bible, kind of reflect on it, write yeah. about it, and then his next step is to pray for people that he really knows need prayer today. That's really good. So mine from yesterday, my three things were, one, do this show, do this radio show, uh, right. Number two, I really wanted to make some pasta salad. It's been sounding good to me. So I'm like, I'm going to make some pasta salad. So I did that. And then the third thing was to go on a drive. So it was like a beautiful day out yesterday. It was kind of hot even. It was like 78 where I was. Um, so went on a drive, had the windows down. And um, just one of those things that you can, I mean, you can definitely do three things and kind of keep you focused and keep you purposeful. All right. A couple clarifying questions on the things you did, Lindsay. Yep. Um, how did that drive make you feel, first of all? Made me feel happy. It just is good to get out and like see the world and see those pretty flowering trees and feel the breeze in, in your face. Did you notice there are tulips everywhere right oh, now? Oh, I know. They're so pretty. It's a beautiful time to be outside right now because everything is blooming. The trees are getting leaves again, and it's just so pretty to see it all. I think I know you well enough to not even have to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway just for the sake of, I guess, public service. Okay. And that would be, you're not putting olives in that pasta Oh, salad. no, no, no. So sometimes when there's challenging circumstances, which, you know, we got our, our fill of that right now, it can be hard to know what to pray. And it can be actually really helpful to find prayers that other people have prayed or other people have written, because a lot of times the things that they have written down, uh, you know, in a document or in a book or whatever, might match where your head is at. You just can't get to the words. Yeah, I mean, the comfort is that people throughout time have been through really hard things, just like we're going through right now. And so this is 
not the first time that humanity has been through this kind of stuff. So it is really cool to look back on prayers that people have written and pray those same things. Maybe one of the most famous prayers, if that's even a word that we should use, um, that's ever been written and prayed and has prayed an awful lot is the serenity prayer. And we just thought we'd go through the full version of that today. If you're in a place where you can kind of just join us, maybe perk up the radio just a little bit and, uh, and join us with these words. It says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right, if I surrender to his will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. 